0: Thank you for joining us today on the LTCDON Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Directors of Nursing Services, AADNS. I'm your host today, Jessica Kunkler, and I'm here with AADNS's Curriculum Development Specialist, Amy Stewart, to discuss the two-hour nationwide training call on the patient-driven payment model held by CMS on Tuesday, December 11th. Welcome, Amy. Thank you, Jessica. I'm very excited to be here. Amy, I know that there are lots of questions about the patient-driven payment model. What were some of the topics that were covered on the training?
1: Jessica, there was a plethora of really great information provided by CMS on what to expect with PDPM. And the big takeaway for me was that the facility leaders out there today really need to have a solid plan in place to get ready for October 1st, 2019 when PDPM is implemented. There will be MDS changes, assessment scheduling changes, a very specific transition plan, and in some cases, a variable per diem payment as well.
0: Amy, how should our listeners begin to plan so that they're ready for the big implementation?
1: Jessica, they can start by using the AADNS PDPM Countdown Tool. That acts as a guide for helping them to prepare. Another good place to start is with diagnosis coding. Diagnosis will be a significant driver under PDPM. For nurse leaders, this means having a process in place to gather all of the resident's diagnosis from the discharging destination, as well as having someone in-house with solid ICD-10 coding skills, which typically falls on the NAC.
0: Can you explain a bit about how PDPM will impact payment?
1: Sure, Jessica. According to CMS, PDPM improves Medicare Part A payment accuracy and appropriateness by focusing on the individual resident and what he or she needs rather than being based on the volume of services provided. For example, right now, therapy payments are based primarily primarily on the amount of therapy that is delivered regardless of anything else that's going on with the resident including any unique needs or characteristic that resident has but under pdpm therapy minutes have no bearing on the payment another change with pdpm will be the variable per diem payment adjustment under pdpm we will start to uh, we will still get a per diem rate don't get me wrong we still get a daily rate But for the physical therapy, occupational therapy, and non-therapy ancillary components, the case-mix adjusted rate is multiplied against a variable per diem adjustment factor. These variable payments follow a schedule of adjustments for each day of the resident's stay. So what does this mean? This means that in some cases, the longer the
0: resident stays in the facility, the lower the payment you receive. Interesting. Amy, you mentioned earlier that there's a very specific transition plan. Can you describe the plan a bit? Absolutely. The
1: transition from RUG-4 to PBPM is going to be a hard stop type of transition, which means there's no overlap of the transition period, just a hard stop date. RUG-4 will be used for reimbursement up to and including September 30, 2019, and PDPM will be used for reimbursement for any days billed on 10-1 or October 1st, 2019 or later. A Transitional Interim Payment Assessment, or IPA, will be required on all Medicare Part A residents that admitted prior to October 1st, 2019, and will continue skilled services into October. This transition, this transitional IPA, must have an ARD date between October 1st October 7th and during the resident's Medicare benefits days, Medicare days. This could mean the NACS will be especially busy if there's a number of Medicare Part A residents in the facility at the end of September.
0: It sounds like NACS will really need to prepare. Um, Can you give us an example of what assessments will be needed if a Medicare Part A resident admits, for example, on September 28th, 2019? How can facilities prepare for that?
1: Sure. Think about this as if there's an imaginary line between September and October, which cannot be crossed by the same PPS assessment. All residents with Medicare Part A days up to and including September 30th must have a RUG-4 assessment to bill for those days. And this RUG-4 assessment must have an ARD date that is on or before September 30th and can only be used to bill for days up to and un- until October thir- or, uh, September 30th. Then we have to look at the Medicare days on the other side of this imaginary line, any days including October 1 and later. These Medicare days must have a PDPM PPS assessment. This is the only way to establish the correct casement groups to bill under the new payment model. CMS is requiring us uh, to do a transitional IPA assessment scheduled between 10-1 and 10-7 for all residents who began their Medicare Part A stay prior to 10-1. And for those residents who admit 10-1 or later, you will just have to have the five-day PDPM assessment. So in, in the scenario that you mentioned, if a resident admits on September 28th, a five-day PPS assessment must have an A or D Uh, by 9.30, September 30th. This five-day assessment will only be used for reimbursement for September 28, 29, and 30th. Then, you need a transitional IPA assessment, and that's required during the first seven days of October, and it also must be within the the resident's Medicare days. This assessment will be used for reimbursement for days starting October 1st, until the discharge from Medicare or the completion of another interim payment assessment. The key here is the ARD. Any ARD on or before September 30th will use RUG-4 item sets and rules, and any ARD date on October 1st or later will use the PDPM item sets and
0: rules. Amy, you mentioned earlier that the assessment schedule will also change under PDPM. How so?
1: Yes, that's true. There will be fewer assessments under PDPM. There's a five-day, a PPS discharge assessment, and then possibly an interim payment assessment or IPA, which could be which would be optional.
0: How will this impact the NACS workload? Will facilities need fewer NACs?
1: Jessica, that is a great question. I would caution facility leaders about making any changes in NAC staffing or hours right now. Think about it. The MDS is growing in length. The accuracy of the assessment is so important and impacts so many programs such as SNF QRP, quality measures, not to mention the significant impact it has during the survey process. So today, many NACs are struggling to do a really good in-depth clinical assessment that's followed by a truly person-centered care plan. The lessening of these MDS assessments will allow for more time to conduct comprehensive clinical assessments that lead to an individualized plan of care. Plus, when you think about it, the NACs are going to be spending more time on diagnosis coding. This includes looking up the codes and really reading the ICD-10 coding manual to ensure that they have proper diagnosis coding. Remember, it's a big driver under PDPM. Also, we need to remember that PDPM addresses Medicare Part A assessments But Medicare Advantage plans, we're not sure what they're going to do. So facility leaders will need to contact their Medicare Advantage plans to find out what they plan to do about assessments and scheduling come October 1st of 2019.
0: Thank you, Amy. This information is so helpful. Is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know about PDPM? Sure, there's just a couple of additional thoughts
1: I have. First of all, it's not too early to begin to prepare for the transition, because a change like this impacts more than just the NACs. It impacts admissions, because we need to have really strong documentation from the discharging providers. For example, come October 1st of 2019, we're going to need that surgical history, which will be a new item uh, on the MDS come October. So we're going to need to prepare for that. It also may ap- impact your therapy contract. Many of our listeners have uh, contracted outside therapy vendors, and those contracts right now uh, have them getting paid based on a rug category. So those contracts may need to change as well. So that's another significant thing that could, um, you know, we could begin working on now. And then lastly, think about it, it this PDPM it's gonna impact staff nurses because they may have more residents with complex conditions, and so they can so we need to start thinking about getting them the training that they need um, to care for these types of medically complex residents. And my next thought is that our listeners need to review the current documents on the CMS PDPM website. There are a lot of free resources on this website that can help you prepare. And more items will be added as the time gets closer. Also, uh, be on the lookout for the updated RAI User's Manual. CMS said on this call that they hope that it will be released in early uh, 2019. And if we get it that far in advance, we can begin to read through it and start putting, um, looking at our policies and and getting things even tighter, um, in
0: a tighter alignment for preparing for PDPM, if you will. Thank you so much, Amy. Listeners, for more resources and tools on PDPM, please visit our website at www.aadns-ltc.org.